It's happy hour from Uptown New Orleans at the lovely Columns Hotel. Here come the drinks already. Thank you, Alex. I'm Grant Morris. The Columns Hotel is on St. Charles Avenue in Uptown New Orleans. It's a great place to come and stay if you're coming to New Orleans, and it's a great place to have a drink if you're already here, as we are doing, sitting around the table at happy hour. In the next 60 minutes, you'll get to meet just three of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in New Orleans. You'll get to hear some live music, and at the end of the show, you might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun, and enjoy great music, but you probably know that already. So let's get right on with doing nothing, but enjoying the next 60 minutes of happy hour together with my special guest sitting around the table, Tony Crane, is an actor who has performed on Broadway and plays... What's in your mouth there? What was that? Don't bother with that. Okay. But <laughs> plays that range from Monty Python's, Monty Python's Spamalot to Dostoevsky's Brothers Karamazov. He's one of television's familiar faces, having appeared in shows that are household names, including CSI, Frasier, Roseanne, Jag, Ugly Betty, and many more, including playing the role of Detective Remy McSwain in the TV version of The Big Easy. Hello. I'm currently here, right now at the Mahalia Jackson Theatre, doing The Lion King. Come on. Yeah, right Come now. Come on. Awesome. Speak, I'll be there. Okay. Awesome. Leave me in four hours we'll drunk try and from get this, this We'll try and get through this for you. <laughs> Brian Peterson is also an actor. Hello. Hello, who is also defined by the Big Easy in the sense that he has won no less than six Big Easy awards for his roles on stage in New Orleans, most recently as 2011's Best Supporting Actor for his part in The Drowsy Chaperone. Yeah. A small detail that separates Brian from many other actors is that he has won three of his Big Easy awards for playing men, the other three for playing the parts of women. True. Often, he says, it's just more fun being a woman. <laughs> Not with well, the parts of women. Never been an everyday woman, just a you know, showgirl. A showgirl. <laughs> okay, Jeremy Phipps is a trombone player and singer-songwriter, along with leading his own band, The Outsiders. Jeremy plays with My Name is John Michael, Nassimi Marama, The Lanyard Brass Band, and many others. Jeremy's current project takes him in a whole new direction with his indie rock project, St. Bell. Mm-hmm which we're going to take a dip into right here today on Happy Hour. And that's what's going on around the table over at the piano. It's the fabulous, talented, and always charming Mitch Foreman. Hey, Mitch. Yes. (laughs) Thank you very much, Mitch. That was beautiful today. Oh, you're welcome. welcome. Perfect. How are you all doing? Mitch, how are you? You've been gone for two weeks. We've missed you. I know. I've been gone two weeks. It's uh, my vacation time. It's in the contract. What, what were you doing while you were on vacation, exactly? Uh, I was playing, I was doing some, a little bit of a tour with a great guitarist and a great friend of mine, Chuck Loeb. Yeah, and, and you were playing a, Hammond B3, I heard. I was playing I B3, three. Yes. It was really fun. You're four now? Okay. It was good. Hey, so I also discovered really something about you while you were gone. It's, it's, it's a horrific secret, Mitch. What is but it? I heard, I heard a song on the internet that can only be described as perhaps one of the worst songs ever recorded. And then it says at the very end of it that you're playing piano on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Barbara Boxer, Senator Barbara Boxer's re-election campaign song. Uh, yes, it is. Oh, no. <laughs> home state. How can That's you say it's the worst song ever? For, is, it, is it? Have a listen to it. She's my is, hero. She's your hero. Yes, Barbara Boxer. Tony, well, no, you're but from, you know you're who wrote the song? California. It's, uh, can you, you want to play a bit of it, Mitch? Yeah. Can you play it? <laughs> Oh, I've me? Never heard, I've never yeah. heard this. I want to hear it. Uh, you know what? i gotta, I got to look for it. It was around here earlier. Uh, Can you hum a few bars? I the vocal. <laughs> you need the vocal. The vocal is the, is the worst part. The music is fine, I suppose. I can do Barbara Boxer. You can't say anything bad about it. The hey, Brian, can you play the part of Barbara Boxer and sing the Barbara Boxer campaign commercial? I'll try. Okay, <laughs> Mitch, let's hear it. Uh, no, I'm not, you know, oh, you, but, but firstly, you, yeah. you, I, I you reconsider your... Uh, your thing. It's it's 
Well, if you really think it's terrible, I can't. I'm not going to tell you who's singing it. This is a friend of mine. Well, no, I'm not saying it's terribly sung. It's just an awful song. It's just so oh, silly. What, it's re-ele- called- what re-election campaign song have you heard? I, like, I didn't know that you had a re-election time, campaign song. Tippecanoe no. and Tyler, too. Like, maybe it's actually not a re- it's, it's, it's to it's elect more women around. to office in 2012. That's what it's about. It's about let's elect more women to office in 2012. It's called that, I Correct. think, something. It's called it? A Woman's Voice. Yeah, who is singing it, actually? Uh, Tierney Sutton is singing it. It was written by Marvin Hamlish and... um, Marilyn and Alan Bergman. Marilyn and Alan Bergman, right. Yeah, that's why you think it's going to be great. That's why I listen to it. I'm like, this is going to be good. Dionne Warwick's singing it. I think it's good. You think I'm just wrong about that? I think you are. I think you have to re-listen to it. Brian? I don't know. I I haven't heard it. What, what, do you, what do you... So she's your senator, Tony. You live in California. And she's one of the greatest interviewers in Senate hearings of all time. And back when they actually were having Senate hearings yeah. and talking about interesting things. Actual she, legislation. She could just drill somewhat, you know, like on the subject of Iraq when they were just like, I don't know why we handed out giant bricks of cash to a guy who had a coat on. And she would go... Well, could we stay and talk about that for a while? Do you mind? And she was just she would just make people look really great. So she's really a great senator. Stupid. So we don't have anything like that here. We have We'd David like Vitter. Her to be, yeah, <laughs> you have David Vitter. He's a he's a convicted felon still in office. No, he's not convicted of anything. Oh well, was he? No, I don't think there was ever no, a trial admit, because no, he didn't. No, he was. Was that the deal? Well, no, he said he admitted that he sinned and that he went to a hooker, which is a I believe it's illegal to do that, right? Gentlemen, are, are we in Nevada? No, <laughs> this was in Louisiana. <laughs> this was on like Royal it's Street or somewhere in the yeah. well, somewhere maybe. Canal Which is Street. not that surprising. Canal Street. Um, yeah, I mean, thank um, you. They just uh, chalked it up to just ordinary. Well, no, it was in. Behavior. Wasn't it in Washington? Finally, when he actually got. Wasn't the one he got busted it, in in Washington? There was a woman who killed was, herself before the trial. Came it wasn't off. for what he did with the hooker. It was that he destroyed evidence. He impeded investigation. Those are the felonies. Mm. Those are the so, detective, that, how do you know that? <laughs> I'm a junkie. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a political junkie, especially people who I don't think should, you know. He played be a detective. Come on, right? I yeah, you were a detective. On played one on TV. Yeah, but yeah. I just, I just exhibited the social uh, uh, research for that. You know, got drunk and drinking and eating day. donuts. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so you, how just close kidding? N O P D. How closely <laughs> do you follow politics? I, I, I mean, know, every day you like I'm reading really the New York a, Times. I'm, and I'm really a junkie. I really am. I, I follow it closely. I like to hear what, what people say, how they say it. And what, I've also been on the road for two years doing The Lion King, so it's, it's hard to get involved in local politics. Because you're moving around. Going. Yeah, so you, know, you, just, you do end up on, kind of online a lot. Like hey, uh, can I ask you, this is Mitch, do you know Charles Holt? Charles Holt, a columnist? Holt. No, no he was a, he's a singer who did Lion King Oh, also. Um, but, but, I don't but, think he was on our. Is he on our tour? Our little. No, I think he might have done it on Broadway like a million years ago. Um, Maybe not. Ten, not as of yet. I'm, I haven't been inducted into the you know the golden right. agers yet. But I will. I'll go. I'll, you know what? I will probably see him at a reunion somewhere. A along reunion. The line. All right. Look at him. He's great. Great. What, what part are you playing, Tony? I'm playing uh, evil Uncle Scar. The White Devil. Oh, that was you. I just saw that play a few you days did. ago. Are you joking? Yeah, I'm what, dead serious. You didn't see it Saturday afternoon, did you? That was me, man. Playing the bad guy. That was yeah, me. Bro. Yeah, right? Yeah. You try to like try to like get celebration at the end, but nobody likes you. So. You're hearing that? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I, they, <laughs> he's like, talking about the fact that they, boo, like they boo me. They boo you. Just, yeah. I go, but I also like intentionally try to take a bow as if like, and for the winner. And then they all like do a, kind of on command, like you guys booed me. But it's yeah. kind of a joke we're all in on, right? 
Um, I don't know. <laughs> Jimmy, did you just go for the helmet, or did you take kids, yeah. or what? Oh no, I mean, I went with with a friend of mine, and like we just went. The music was like mind blowing, insane. It was right? ridiculous, yeah. Especially those like five part harmonies, like that. Yeah. Some of it's, the some of the music is done by Lebo M, who's from South Africa. Are you talking? You know what I'm talking about? The ones who yeah, just, not Lebo. It was like. Not love. It's a whole different. No, thing. no. But he, he's been poor before. <laughs> <laughs> like the use of the African percussions and like uh, the oh, it was like it's really the, the orchestration is great. Yeah, was, and yeah. they've got some. <laughs> there's six South Africans in the show, so there's a style of singing that they exhibit that they're hired for, um, but that also just makes it so authentic. And those two guys that were up in the boxes singing, singing yeah. their faces off, and then some of those and the girl played Rafiki, just yeah. ridiculous, right? Yeah. How long have you been on the show for? Uh, about two years. Yeah. So you do it four nights, five nights a week, or what? Six. Six nights a week? Yeah, six nights a week, two on oh, Saturday, wait, we're two Lion on King? Sunday. Yeah, yeah. For, you said two years? Two years. It's a, it's a tour. You know, it's a tour. We do tours. We do, we're going to do, Brian's going to do a tour. We're going to do a tour One of, uh, yeah, we're going to do, <laughs> we're going to do Funny Girl. I'm going to play, she's, he's, you, you can, well, actually, whichever role you want to play, because I don't, I'll play either. Whichever. Who's in, <laughs> who's in Funny Girl? The Barbara Streisand? Streisand. That was the wrong picture. Is that your casting? So, that's not your no, it was not okay. my casting. So if you look at Brian, have you, have you guys met before? No, no you've met, we okay, So you look at him across the table, he looks like a regular guy, right? He looks like a talented, what, wouldn't you think? deep, Jeremy, does he emotional... Look like a, he looks pretty uh, regular, bro. I, mean, I, regular. I can't pinpoint you out. I mean, he is, he is wonderfully <laughs> adorable. He looks like a regular guy, right? Okay, watch, ta- look at this. He's got some tattoos on his arm. Look at that photo. That's not him. That's him there. <laughs> Is that wow. your real hair? No. He looks like no, no, a gorgeous, no, no. It's a, it's a, gorgeous woman. You look gorgeous. You look like a Maran posture. Doesn't she look beautiful, that woman? Who is that, Brian? It's, it's Faith Prince. It's Faith Is that your Prince. Faith Prince look? That well, kind of, yeah, I guess it could look right? like Faith Prince, yeah. Delta Burke with blonde hair. Delta Burke, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully not. Come on, know. don't you think she looks gorgeous though? Those are Seriously. two gorgeous people. I do. Yeah, yeah. Look, well, so, thank you. Thank you. So, how thank long you. does it take you to go from what you look like now to looking gorgeous like this? Mm. Stop looking at it. Thank you. Well, look at me. Right. It's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what how you need long? to radio is you know, eye I've contact. I've got it down yeah. to about forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes. You can go from looking like mm-hmm. a guy on the street when a you know regular-looking dude mm-hmm. walking past you to that's a gorgeous-looking yeah. woman. I mean, it's just you know. <clears throat> Because well, you, you had to do it on a regular oh, basis to do, to do a show, to do a regular eight show a week or five show a week run. Yes, so, yeah. yes. The question is, looking at the picture, are you attracted to yourself? Wow. <laughs> no, well, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's a pretty picture, but, pretty you know, picture. I mean, I'm not like in love with myself or anything like that. You know, it that doesn't go that weird. far. It's, it's, you can't it's stop looking job. at it, though. It's, it's just a, a job. Pay, but you have to do it I haven't in the seen this picture in a long you, time. Really? How yeah. old is that picture? Um. That's wait, is that pre Katrina? No, that was after Katrina. This is a few years ago. That was probably maybe f- five years ago. Yeah. Four Who were you ago? playing? What part were you playing? That was actually from a cabaret show that my friend Anthony and I did at Le Chat Noir. You wrote and performed it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. Amazing. It was just sort of a an experimental thing of just putting a bunch of music together. It didn't. It wasn't like in a traditional cabaret show where people will pay homage to like a certain songwriter or celebrity singer cab, or a celebrity. Yeah. It was Chanteuse. just sort of a yeah, it was just sort of a hodgepodge of stuff and reworking songs that I liked and wanted to do in a different style and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. are, are you a female impersonator or an actor who can look like and play like a woman? It's uh oh. 
Is that a I bad question? I walk, no, it's a good question because no, no, I think no, no, that's I think I walk, the identity of the actor here. You know, right? I think I walk this line where I have done so much of it in theater. And it kind of all started with this group, Running With Scissors, where we were doing things that were parodies of old films and things like the old Care Burnett show, that kind of stuff. And <clears throat> it all just male? sort of... Um, no, there's a couple girls that okay. have worked with us over the years and stuff. But that's it was a good always question sort of though. You, could, you couldn't get enough women to, to do it? Well, no, but that would make it fun. I mean, the kids that's in the hall, so the best thing about the kids in the hall, and Monty Python for that matter, was that they were all male and they were experimenting right. with all the characters they liked, but more or less just saying, it's just going to be us dudes yeah. here. And yeah. some of them, you know, they actually did quite, they were quite funny. I mean, it, Well, yeah, I mean, it, that was sort of the thing. I think it's always funnier when it's a guy in a dress. There's always that aspect. Yeah. yeah. I just happen to look a lot like Not my mother. Pretty, <laughs> I just happen to look a lot like my mother. Uh, okay. And it, you notice it even more when you put the makeup on. Your mom's pretty hot in this My mom was, my mom's yeah. pretty good lady. Yeah. Is she, she still I, glamorous? I concur. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely aged well and, you know. I'm only saying that because I used to date his mom. Oh, you were, <laughs> okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure that you. Yeah. Um, when did you just, I mean, I could look like my mom too for all we know, right? Which would be yeah. sad You'd be for surprised her, how often people put makeup or a wig on and go, oh my God, I look just like my mom. You know, they never That's, see Can it we just stop them. and hear that sentence back again? You'd be surprised how often people put on makeup and a wig and say, oh God, I look like my mom. <laughs> yeah. it's Jeremy, not, it's let not, me go around the table. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever put on makeup and a wig? Exactly, and s- yeah. Yes, and yeah. said, I look like my mom. It's Tony, not, I wouldn't be surprised if you had. It's not that they do it often. It's that they often say that when they do it. Yes. Okay. Right? You'll have to yeah. say that one again too. I know I'm lost People get around Mitch. me and they tend to want to put things on. They tend to want to put the wigs on. Or they want to, you know, they want to just, uh, what do I look like? And they want to put it on, you know. Right. <laughs> I have it's a studio Mitch. in my house that's full yes. of wigs and all kinds of stuff. It's so people come in, it's like a playroom. Oh, you have a room full of wigs. Mitch, you ever yeah. put on a wig and thought how much you look like your mom in makeup? No. I probably look more like my dad. In a way. <laughs> in, in a dad way. In a well, if I could yeah. offer an anecdote. Oh. Yes. When I was living Tony. in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, in terms of, the um, liberality of uh, moors and things you can get away with is not unlike New Orleans. Um, there are big, big ha- Halloween parties there at these big casinos, and you and there's big prizes to be won. Mm. So someone in my show, when we were doing Monty Python, convinced us to six of us, and it was remember when all those fires were burning, literally like the entire state of California down a couple of years ago in yeah. 08. Yeah. We decided to go as the Miss California pageant, <laughs> interrupted. But so we all dressed as pageant girls. I mean, full beat is the word that you use. Yeah. Full beat. Uh, That's yeah. the word for dressing up as a woman? Yeah. Well, yeah, but in yeah. just the you know word that. for the makeup, you yeah. know. Okay. And, and, uh, and then with these dresses that had all looked like they were sort of burned and with sashes that said like, okay, you know, good. Miss Orange County. And then my giant, <laughs> my giant hairy friend was Miss, Miss Big Bear. Yeah. <laughs> nice. you, get, you get that yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and we won We won like $4,000 Incidentally So before okay. you like Sort of say Well was it Mike worth it fu- Well yes. yes And I have to say well, How I, did you like Dressing up as a woman I was a very Very unattractive woman I, Really what, You're what an attractive it, looking guy What it showed me Was that what my mother it? Must have had a lot of work done Is what I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> So Well you kind of have to look Like your mother's In some way to start with That it's when you the put eyes. on You yeah. can't get the eyes Yeah is that the what shadow, it is? the eye yeah. shadow, and the thing, and the thing. You You're a handsome-looking yeah. guy, though, right? Isn't right. he, gentleman? Yeah. And there's a few guy. women sitting around. This guy's a good-looking guy, right? Yeah. And these are <laughs> thank you. And you, <laughs> thank is you that part much. of the reason you're successful? Because you're good-looking. You sound fabulous. Um, 
Well, I mean, what's the censor law in this thing? I mean, you can't you can be say a, anything. You can't be a dick and be successful right. all the time in entertainment because it's not Anne Rand's land, you know? <laughs> you have to collaborate. It's all right. about collaboration. So if people just start discovering and talking about how much of an asshole you are, you're not going to find many people to work with and, you know... Yeah, people so will shy can, away from work on you. Your if, one you're, if you're show. difficult, they'll shy away from so you. So your look's you know? going to get you so far. Is what well, you're it's, you know, listen, it's all about your casting there, too. So I, I have to actually be good at playing... I have to actually be good at playing um, the guy who's good-looking in the character the way the writer wrote it. So it, it really isn't enough, you know? So I actually have to, I have to be good at, at playing that guy that he hopes I look like. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Can't just <laughs> You're a dude playing a dude playing another the dude. Only well, time I, cer- I certainly that was something else. What do you mean, we people? What if, I can't just I can't ju- I can also can't go in and say um, uh, I'd really like to play uh, Seymour in um, in um, the, the, the the little shop of horrors. You know what I mean? I could probably play the shit out of it, but they'll probably be like, no. I a couple years ago auditioned to play Groucho Marx. After begging them to let me see him, I said they're not going to know I'm this guy once I put the mustache and stuff on and. They didn't. They for, they were like, wait, wait, where did we meet you? You know, because it was just you know I was allowed to kind of disappear behind the thing, and so well that yeah, was what we used to call acting in the old days when people actors did stuff, right? Yeah, and real actors reinvented themselves. Now we just have actors like famous actors like Tom Cruise and George Clooney and these guys just famous play. Actors, yeah. They just play themselves every. Every movie, or just is, famous is people the, now. I mean, yeah. They yeah. just don't even have famous actors. They're right. not even yeah. They actors. just play the same part over and over and over. But even sometimes those guys are okay at what they do acting-wise. Nowadays, sometimes then you'll get a... Like, did you see all the people who were like, and the biggest surprise of the movie is how good Channing Tatum was. <laughs> <laughs> you spent $70 million on this movie... <laughs> And we were like, and we were surprised how good he was. Isn't that really cool how good that turned out? He made $10 million to make the movie. Like, I wouldn't pay $10 million for a car that was like, I was surprised to find out that he drove. You'll be surprised when you hear what we're going to do next. Jeremy, you want to play something for us? Well, tell, us yeah. tell us a little bit about St. Bell, and then we're going to make you play something. Oh, St. Bell is just a project I started after, like, I had a project called The Outsiders, and it was kind of linked toward like touristy music, and like I just wanted to shatter the boundaries of of like tourist style, and like really focusing on the art of music and like the creativity of it, and like the messages that I want to portray and stuff. So that's what Saint Bell's about. On the recordings, I play all the instruments myself and write the songs and sing the songs. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but. Um, because you were known as a trombone player, as like a sort of a funk rock sort of. Yeah, yeah, and like I did that for a long time, and I just got like I just got bored like being the the tourist act and stuff like this. So I like wanted to focus in on something that's that's not gimmicky. That's and just stretch like, out and do something. Let's take a cool. listen to something off the new album, and then we'll make you play one live after that. What's the song we're going to take a listen to? Here? Oh, this song is called "Lessons Unlearned." It's it's about like it's a weird story about like school and stuff. So you'll hear it. <laughs> okay. Let's take a listen to it. St. Bell. All those days that we spent got nothing to show for it We try so hard to make a grade That we never learned 
is just the way society is made. not a side project, Jeremy. This is your real project, St. Bell. Yeah, is, this is my main thing. Is this an alter ego? Is St. Bell a person? Mm, more of an idea than a person. More of an idea? I guess so. Like yeah, a concept? Like a, yeah, a project. And who, yeah, well, who is St. Bell's the name of the band? Then, or the, or it's, the, like, it's the thing. It's like a, the band and a person at the same time. I can't really explain it. Because, I mean, on the recordings, I play it all myself. But at the shows, it's me and... Oh, Nasimu, actually, that you met. Yes, Nasimu Marumba was on our show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, she plays drums, and I just, like, play all the instruments and stuff. So just the two of you on stage? Yeah. That's (laughs) impressive. Wow. So is this, is the character who's speaking, or singing these lyrics, I should say, is that you? Yeah, I mean, it all stems from, like, things that, like, this song comes from, like, a kind of, I had to choose whether, like, to play this big two-month gig and, like, all like go to college and like it was like <laughs> this um, is what it sounds like it sounds like a justification for dropping out of school the song <laughs> slightly but uh, <laughs> but not really it's just more like like just challenging people thoughts on people that's not in school and and they didn't have education what's well, basically saying that education that not having a traditional education is okay is that what you believe i mean i don't believe that you're limited in any way i don't believe that like if by being in school, that means you're, like, smarter than somebody that's not in school. It's all on, like, what, what you need to push you. And, and like, I mean, I, did, I, really, I didn't need a curriculum 
Did I say that word right? <laughs> to push well, me. Who needs an education? <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah, you. So you you decided because we talked about this before. You decided not to go to school yeah. and just become a musician and teach yourself how to play music for the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah, I mean, I had kind of had a head start because, like, I mean, I've been doing music professionally since I was a sophomore in high school, I think. So, I mean, I had a head start, but, I mean, it was like, it started becoming decision time, like, well, am I going to pursue it or am I going to, like, and then that's when the song stemmed out from. I guess, do you, do you guys have to make that decision, too? Because you, you, you're both actors and you both, you don't have a real job, uh, right? I mean, right. uh, I mean, I know that is a real job, but I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what you did. I I don't know if you went to school and went to acting school, and or I a lot of people don't. I mean, you, I, mean I I went to school. I start my college. I only did three years of college, and that's then, plenty. <laughs> it's a lot, really. It is, you know, in act, it's a, unless you're in some unless you're in conservatory where they say, well, this you only get the full thing here if you do it four years, and I. Did you study uh, acting for three years, or were you studying something else? No, I was studying uh, music, vocal music, performance for the first two years, and then I realized I, they were grooming me to be a classical singer, and I didn't want to go that route. And um, I changed schools, got into a theater program with a minor in music, and then something happened with my housing during the summer while I was doing summer stock, and I didn't go back, and then <laughs> I ended up you know, learning how to cut hair and... <laughs> went down that route for a little while and then got back into performing. And so you yeah, started I, off as a classical well. <laughs> singer, then you became a hairdresser, <laughs> and then an actor, playing a part of a woman half the time. Sure. Quite Why an, not? Quite an interesting You're, trajectory. You need, you need yeah. the life experience yeah. to, to, to bring that to the act. That's what you, I did so many jobs like for you know eight weeks, and then I was like, that's all the experience I need in this job. <laughs> yeah. But I, but when this, it was offered to me, I was like, absolutely. I will absolutely cut and move lumber at this dinky lumber yard just to see what that's like. I will absolutely sir, uh, do fry cook job from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. right by the Hooker Road in Chicago. <laughs> right by... That North sounds Avenue. good. It's do you guys good. like a drink? Alex is here. Mm, Brian? Decision that's time. Good. It's good. Sazerac. Yeah. You never. Sweet? You've had. Yeah. You want to try it? You never had a Sazerac. I don't think I've ever had one. You'll like it. That's good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Two I'll do one. Salt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy, you drink anything? Oh, give me the same. Okay. Oh. Very good. Sweet. A round of Sazeracs, everybody. Um, I mean, although I was, yeah. I was in a spot. I think where Jeremy was a little bit. I wasn't doing as much professional stuff, but I did a little bit before I finished high school. Um, it was a little different. I'm from LA, so I, I could. I was had opportunities. I had opportunities to do. Wow, don't you love that? Somebody little got a phone call. Yeah, <laughs> the, guy, the guy who scored American Beauty should be getting a royalty every time that song comes up. Doesn't it sound like an American Beauty trailer? Um, and uh, and there was there was jobs that I could get, you know, and uh, and then I got a few, and then right before school was about to go, and I had already gotten into college, I was offered a movie, and it was one of those like decision times where I was like you know I, I, I really I actually I think I think I need an education because I don't think that this I don't think that a movie does what for instance pursuing a musical you know pursuit which is a lot more personal for you mm-hmm. would do you know and so I just ditched that and went I think the long the longest distance between two points a little longer it took. So you, did, you didn't do the movie, or you did do the movie. I did school. You I did. School so you said, instead. "I don't want to be a movie star yet. I want to go to school first. Yeah, I think I'm still saying that. Yeah, 
What was the movie? Like Gone with the Wind or something huge? No, it was uh, that. It was that movie where the all the kids. I was only six. <laughs> Sound of Music. I was only seventeen. I was that movie where they would get shrunk and they end up in the. Honey, garden. I Shrunk the Kids. Yes, Honey, that was I a shrunk the kids. superstar <laughs> smash hit. Wasn't Do you it? remember the guy who played the older brother? No, no. no. See? See, there you go. Good decision. Chris remembers though. <laughs> who who was he? <laughs> <laughs> but the guys who were my contemporaries were, were guys like Ethan Hawke and Matt Damon and, and, and Leonardo DiCaprio and they were by the time I was ready to come back two or three years later to start right. auditioning again they all had careers mm-hmm. and I was like they were beating me out Paul so, Rudd at that point was beating me out for like five times or five movies you could that see that yeah. so because Paul Rudd and Ethan Hawke and these guys didn't go to school and they just yeah none of those guys went to school so they didn't learn Paul went to school Paul went to Kansas did, you go, did you go to acting school Tony, I went to a school you, that had a strong acting department right. Northwestern um, still strong that was, that's in Chicago, Chicago. Yeah. Right. that was great I stayed in Chicago I did a lot of theater down there um, helped start a theater company and then ended up back in um, L.A., like, you know, with the rest of the punks. Let's talk about the Big Easy in a moment. But first of all, Mitch Foreman's going to play something for us. Now you're going to enjoy this. Nice. Mitch, what are you thinking of playing today? I'm going to play a song written by the great pianist Keith Jarrett called My Song. Okay.
Very nice indeed. Thank Mitch you. Foreman. Keith Jarrett's my song. Keith Jarrett's still playing. Yeah, yeah. Still going. Hey, uh, it's happy hour. I'm sitting here with Tony Crane, who's an actor, Brian Peterson, who's an actor, and Jeremy Phipps, who's a singer-songwriter and also part-time actor as well. Right, let's t- yeah. Yes, let's talk, about, <laughs> let's talk more about acting in a minute just after I tell you about NewOrleans.com. If you're listening to this show somewhere that's not in New Orleans and you're looking to come here, thank you, Mitchie. You'd like to book a hotel or a tour? Well, you need tips on what to do while you're in New Orleans? Check in with our friends at NewOrleans.com, the official New Orleans travel site. Also, I'd like to tell you about the new movement. After two years of shows in bars, museums, parks, and wherever else they could, the new movement has opened a full-time comedy theater in the Marinette, 1919, Burgundy Streets. They have shows from Thursday to Saturday. Everything's free or cheap. Improv and sketch comedy classes are available. You can check tnmcomedy.com for more information. Also, listen to Chris True and Tammy Nelson on True to the Game, New Orleans' first badass sports podcast right here on itsneworleans.com. That is the most beautiful plug we've ever done, isn't it? Wasn't that great? Yeah, I love the, the, the music just fits right in. Oh, just he's a genius. How does he know your ending? I mean, you he's, guys are He's tight. looking at you. It's, he's a genius, this Mitch Foreman, isn't he? Yeah. I tell you. <laughs> he really is. So listen, let's just talk about local theater for a minute. First of all, Jeremy, we'll talk about you. Then we're going to talk about uh, being a guy and a girl. Okay. Oh. And uh, then we talk about being a guy, okay? So <laughs> and a lion. That's, uh, for, yes, but first of all, Jeremy, last time I talked to you, you were on the show a couple of, I don't know, a few months ago. You were going off to play um, Joseph in the Joseph Evans Technicolor Dreamcoat or something. Oh, n- I don't think so. Oh, but, come on, <laughs> yes. But weirdly enough, that two-month gig was actually an acting gig that I like. I was playing trumpet and trombone and like and acting in this play. It what was, was the it play? Was it wasn't Joseph in his Technicolor Dream. It was Did High Jazz at the Funky Butt. It was an original play by. Um, well, I was close, wasn't it? And I? it was like the not. Funky Butt. That that. Yeah. Is that play still around? No. Well, it's still around. It's well, the original Funky Butt was back in the day, wasn't it? Like in the. But there was one like t- yeah. ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Yeah, but he named that after the original. Yeah. Is that yeah. right, Jeremy? Yes, Wasn't after the original. Most like a, originally Funky Butt. Mm-hmm. So even funkier. It had been washed. Butt. Yeah. Cleaned, shaven, <laughs> yeah. and de- refunkified. <laughs> Did like it mean the same thing? Heavy in underwear not being changed. <laughs> I think that would be a good definition of yes. funky. Yeah, what was, was the original? <laughs> why was it originally called the Funky Butt? Oh, um, I have no idea at all. But I know that um, it was a why church. Do you think? Fair <laughs> enough. It was, <laughs> it was a you church. You know what my dingling means in that song by Go on. <laughs> Chuck Berry? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, so, but the show was not my Joseph English Technicolor Dreamcoat. How did I, why did I think that? Um, did you make that because up? Because my name starts with a J. Is that what it was? Ah, very good. So what did you? So what did you play in the show? That wasn't in New Orleans, though, was it? Where was it? No, it was in Minneapolis, and um, I played. I played just like a a random trumpet playing. I was. I guess I was slightly Buddy Bolden, but only a little bit. <laughs> like I would like run around and dance, and it was it was pretty weird. What like theater it, in uh, Minneapolis? I I know a lot of people do theater. Out um, there. Prince. I can't think of the name of it. It's at the tip of my head. I, I, I don't know. How long ago was this? <laughs> like five years ago? This is like a year ago. It was a year yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like five years and ago. And that was the first thing you did on stage as an actor? Um, in a professional play. I mean, I've done some like weird school stuff, but like I mean, How did you in, get like, hired? middle school. How did you get hired for that? What he saw us play and like these people, they like, it's it's a weird program because it's it's like 40 adults with disabilities along with like a bunch of like professional actors around it, um, around Minneapolis, and us professional musicians from New Orleans. So it was like all thrown in in this big pot, and it was like it was crazy. 
Well, you're being very polite. I must Gumbo. Say, wow. 40 people with disabilities <laughs> on a stage. <laughs> That's Maybe I'm over... Oh, wait. I might be exaggerating. Okay, so it was at least 30. It was, listen, it was if, you were to say, if you were to say 18 people with disabilities <laughs> playing baseball... That's yes. funny. Okay. 40 people, <laughs> 40 people with disabilities, disabilities on a is stage. Not, is not funny? No longer funny. What do you guys think when you hear the words 40 people with disabilities on a stage then? Um, I'm still confused. Wait, what If it's they mental doing? disabilities, it's what? my show. <laughs> it's Lion King. <laughs> Lion King. Yeah. Mental no, deficiencies uh, of some kind or another. This was like real. This is actual adults with disabilities. And like, it was crazy because like you see these, you see the play and you, because the whole thing about the program is like, altering people's views on people yeah. with disabilities That's and like center, yeah. showing what they can do and stuff like that. And it was like, you would never think there was... Not the Guthrie, is it? It wasn't the Guthrie. It wasn't the Guthrie, but I know what yeah. the Guthrie is. This was called... Because they have a lot of very... Uh, uh, they do a lot of original, interesting stuff like that that's community-oriented, right? I mean, those, yeah. those 40 people were didn't shift them in from somewhere, I imagine. No. Okay, <laughs> but, okay um, so what did you do? You were just playing the trumpet... Trumpet and trombone and leaping around yeah. while these poor people with disabilities sat there in Taunting their wheelchairs. Them. <laughs> Taunting them. <laughs> no, we always in the play and stuff, and like I like had a bunch of speaking roles and stuff. I mean, I've never been in a play before, but I mean, if did you, you like some, it? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I teach you now. I, weirdly enough, I like got a job out here teaching adults with disabilities um, how to act and. It's kind of weird because, like, I've only had this much acting experience, but I'm, like, teaching them how to act and, like, play music and sing. I believe that's called a calling. Yeah. Maybe so. (laughs) Or a coincidence. Who's paying you for that? I mean, the ARC. The ARC of New Orleans is this, like, program. And the name of the program is called Interact 2. Are you enjoying that? Watching people learn stuff? Yeah. I enjoy it a whole lot. It's, like, it's so much fun every single day. I just came from it, actually. Just left, but... Yeah, it's a whole lot of fun. I mean, basically my job is just to write music and teach the music. And, like, you know, I help out with, like, the acting and the, and the dancing and stuff. But I just basically just write the music and teach it. So hmm. That's cool. Yeah. cool. So do, can we see that anywhere? Do they perform Ye- it? Yeah, we're performing in June, but we haven't got the date or the place yet. Well, the exact date. Technicalities, it's like, really. It's it? like early June, but we haven't um, figured out where. Or yeah. Or but, I mean, is it a fairly new program that they wouldn't, if this is like, they'd be the first time yeah, they've ever the, been performing? Yeah, we had to, right, like, okay. we had to jump through a bunch of hoops to set up the program yeah. and then, like, get the funding for I don't know if that's a particularly good term to use, jump through a bunch of hoops for people with disabilities, but. No. They're thrown, thrown through hoops. If you threw them. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what is the name of the, of the theater company? Well, it's called Interact. Yeah. Interact. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Have you been teaching music before? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I was in, I, when I was in high school, I taught high schoolers. Okay. Because <laughs> you were saying, because you were saying, I, I'm going to go and teach myself music and and all that kind of stuff. And so, how do you feel on the other side of it? Like now, sort of giving I mean, up that knowledge. I mean, my style of teaching is kind of like teaching them how I learned. Like just not really teaching them, but pushing them to to learn, learn, experiment, yeah, have fun, all that yeah. stuff, yeah. The, the inner, the intangible joys of the art. No, because I've taught a lot of acting to Do you like to younger teach kids? Well? I have to, but to younger people, it's much more exciting because it becomes more of a tool than a craft. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I find that to, there's sometimes people at a certain time in their life or, with a, or who are lacking in a certain bunch of tools, they truly are looking for anything to just hack out of this bag, this solid mm-hmm. wall of, you know, the same thing that happens to them all the time. Well, everybody mm-hmm. wants to get away from being themselves, don't they? 
that you feel. Yeah. You know, it's nice to be able to do something to, to get high or to get drunk or to run to, or to act. I suppose you're playing somebody else, right? Yeah. Yeah, but or it's a craft. Dress up I as mean, a, it, you're looking it's, at it's a, a lot of work. I mean, it... Yeah. it, it the people so who drinking. make it look like they're not <laughs> working, you know, the people who look like they're not working at it are probably working the hardest. The hardest. Know, they've worked so hard to make it look effortless. It's like watching somebody pole vault over a pole. You know, I mean, it's like they make it look so easy. Magic, and it's, magic trick. Best yeah. example I can give is a magic trick. The, the guy's doing all this stuff down here while he's making this right. bird look up here. <laughs> and actually, he's, you know, he's triple jointed and doing some behind the back thing. I mean, it's... It's not easy what happens. But it, I'm not saying it's easy, but isn't there something refreshing, which is what, kind of what you were talking about, I think, about mm-hmm. being someone else, about slipping into another role, about when you're saying hacking your way out of yeah. whatever problem you've got? I think, I think for, well, I was referring to more or less in the teaching environment when I'm, when I'm sort of showing people who really haven't had those kind of tools placed in front of them. It's, it's a little like, you know, Iron Age to Bronze Age, you know, saying like, right. look at this thing is actually sharper than the thing you've been doing and don't beat yourself in the head with it. Beat that thing and make that thing into a work of art. And it's just that you, you see the paradigm shift in those people when they suddenly learn that they can actually do something with all this energy instead of just... I mean, people with mental disabilities, my sister has mental disabilities. She, you come from a family of like six kids, right? Yeah, I have, six, I have six, four, five brothers and sisters. One of my sisters has been, she spends most of her energy just beating herself up, you know? What's she got wrong with it, technically? Um, it's called a developmental disability. It just basically means that she's intellectually disabled. Uh, that it was something that suffered during childbirth, you know, it was like a loss of oxygen to the brain, uh, which then... Cause complications, and you know those things just sort of keep expanding as you get older, and um, and you get older, and your and your friends get older, and you don't, and so. Um, how old so, is she? She's twenty six now. Twenty six. And how old is she in her mind mentally? Um, that's an interesting question. I I haven't been able to touch base with her as closely as I could, but the in the last year, because um, I've been on the road. But the last time we really hung out, I would maybe. 15, 16. She's going to hate that I'm saying this, but she probably would agree with me. Does she feel um, like she's stuck at 15? Does she understand? She looks around at her friends and says, or not her friends anymore, because her friends now are people in programs, but she looks at us and friends of her brothers and sisters and says, um, wow, that's, that's an experience that I probably won't have, and that really bums me out. Why is that? Because, I mean, let's not talk about your sister too much here. Please. Okay, but um, being stuck at 15 doesn't seem all that bad. Being stuck at five might be a little depressing. If I, if you had to put me in, a, there was a few days when I was, of my fifteenth year that I would certainly not want to be stuck in, for sure. So uh, I wonder yeah. if those are the days how she feels. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. She feels like the yeah. worst day of your fifteenth. Every day of her life is the worst day of her fifteenth like, year. Like is that, that what you're saying? The day that you, well, yeah, because it's still you can't understand what's going on, and you, well, you're not really. It's not a, It's difficult. Yeah, you don't really understand. Didn't what's you? Going on. Didn't you think you knew everything at fifteen? Oh my god! Didn't you think? Well, you know, yeah, Brian? you kind of did, but I don't know. I think I was smart enough to know that I still had a lot to learn. Yeah. You know, I mean, I yeah. I thought I knew everything. I thought I was aware of everything. Oh, I knew and everything there was you... about poetry. I knew so <laughs> much about poetry. <laughs> what does your sister like and, to th- concentrate on? Like you were into poetry when you were fifteen. What's she into? Uh, this is interesting. Um, my my dad uh, works with a lot of people in the industry because uh, he's in the medical profession, actually. And um, it's great because he, you know, 
he can return. People go, oh, man, how can I, you know, can I get you in to see a show I'm in or, you know, some rock band that I manage or something like that? And he'll go, well, actually, no, but my daughter loves this band. And, and so she's been backstage to see everybody, mm-hmm. which is great. You should see the pictures on her wall and all that stuff. But at the same time, she somehow... She's gonna, she thinks now that, that just everybody gets to do mm. that. Your dad's mm-hmm. a rock and roll doctor? No, he's just a doctor, <laughs> but he's a doctor in L.A., you know? So like, his patients, just, he, just because he's a doctor in L.A., his regular patients are actors and musicians and managers. And yeah, so. yeah. I mean, if you were a doctor here in New Orleans, how, half, the, half your patients are going to be musicians yeah. and yeah. art gallery right. owners and stuff like that. And, um, so I did you grow up in that environment? Um, not really. Base? I grew up mostly with my mom. My dad was like, so they, my parents split up when I was really young. Um, and I've my, had six kids. No, no. My, my, oh, it was just different. me and my brother and my okay. dad remarried. Um, but it was just me and my brother and my mom mostly. And my dad was kind of, a. um, my mom was kind of like, uh, we'll, we'll be over here. You go over there, go sit in your room for a while. You know, she wasn't, she was kind of like, I'll be raising these kids and and we got to see him like every other Tuesday or something like that. So. Do you guys come? <laughs> do you guys come from regular families or separated? Uh, separated. Mine divorced when I was like six. I had a younger brother, and we lived with mom. And awful. I mean, Dad was across town, but we never saw him. And which town? And occasionally, was like you know, we're we're our moms the same. We're like. She was like, and you'll never talk to your father. <laughs> and he's done something wrong again. They just hate each other. It's so strange. Hate and then it. we all know it. You know, he, oh, your mother. And, you know, she, oh, your father. Yeah. You know, and you just, you hear that as a kid. You think, oh, boy, okay. Yeah. What did you, know? you think other than, oh, boy, okay? What does that mean? What were you thinking? Oh, I just thought they were ridiculous. I was smart enough. I knew, you know, yeah. I mean, kids are smart. Yeah. Kids just haven't, they just lack life experience, but their brains work. They're aware. They see everything that goes on around them. Mm. You know, they, they know what, it's like, oh, come on. Jeremy, yeah. do you come from a single parent mm. family? Or? No. Um, they like separated, but not divorced. So, so three, I mean, all three of you come from families whose parents separated. How old were you? Welcome to America. Yeah, hello. <laughs> I mean, ever <laughs> how old since were you, I was Jeremy? Born. <laughs> ever since you were born? Yeah. So you I never mean, lived in a house Yeah, because I'm like parents. one of. One of six. I mean, one of five. So, yeah. And you're one of Are you the oldest? six. Yeah. No, I'm the youngest. No. Youngest? Yeah. You're the youngest of six. Are you yeah. the oldest or youngest? Freedom. That's all I, <laughs> I got to say you had. <laughs> freedom. As oldest. Yeah, I would say yeah, me freedom. Too. Me too. Maybe, maybe the, freedom in not, youngest, not in the best oldest. ways. But they probably a lot of attention too. Like too much attention. Uh, not not enough. Yeah. Because really? I mean, by the time I came, it was already bored with children. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> much. Run over there. <laughs> Maybe that's why you have all the freedom to do what you do to express yourself so much. I guess and no, so. no one's going to tell sure you to stay in school. Make sure you put up those cones before you run around in the street. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, oh, pick, he'll be fine. Where's Give him a helmet. Give him a helmet. <laughs> the other four. Where's your guitar, Jeremy? Can we reach it? Can someone um, reach Jeremy's guitar from and drag it over I here? Oh, I thought we were going to hear some Thank you. Here it is. Uh, no, there's no trombone, trombone today. Is, hip-hop is, is dead. Way too loud. Yes, don't you know hip-hop is dead? Look at Jeremy's. What, what's up with wearing that T-shirt that says hip-hop is dead? I actually just like the colors. Okay. <laughs> Does anyone say anything to you? All the time. Every single time I wear this shirt. Yeah, I would But think. the colors are worth it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you find it? On the street, actually. I'm just, no, I bought it at yeah. um, Urban Outfitters, I think. Uh-oh. Yeah, that was a long time ago. You heard about Urban Outfitters, right? No. What happened to them? The owner... Okay, so I we're No, no, no go ahead. Do, this, do the this know. guy. Okay, so all their clo- their clothes are worn by more metrosexual males than anyone I ever know. Metrosexual males. Yes. Is that us? 
No, not no, us. No, not. But they're the people in our show, okay? And they're dancers and they're male dancers. And I just found out that this guy donates t- millions of dollars to what they call conventional marriage legislation uh, only. Uh, and it's like, hello, people. Like when I see someone walking down the street with something, obviously urban outfits, I would say, that guy doesn't like you. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I see what wow. you're saying. That's very interesting. Yeah. Jeremy, you're well, that doesn't work? necessarily apply to Jeremy. I mean... This no, is but gay Jeremy's marriage we're sympathy about. is probably yeah, 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 but sympathy. I'm sure your sympathies lie with people who yeah. want to get married, whether they're straight or gay, right? It's okay. Yeah, it's a great color. It's great color. Sucks man. to hear that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, wonder who, I, I know. I'm wondering who I designed my junkie. shirt. I said I was a junkie, yeah. man. I read that kind of yeah, BS. See, you know, yeah. That sort of destroys you. Hey, listen to you. Yeah. That cuts out Urban Outfitters. At least I'm not like a vegan. That would be. I mean, be the worst. I would be. You'd never want to talk to me. Can you imagine? Okay. Anyway. Okay, Jeremy, back to you. What are you gonna oh, play? Um, I'm gonna play a song called Promised Land. Promised Land. Yeah. Okay. Do I just play, or do I have to like get some weird mic set up or something? Uh, well, I think we can just move our mics around the table. I think you'll be okay. Okay. So just start whenever I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, don't wait till we count to four? Okay. One. Right. <laughs> okay, just go. <laughs> <laughs> Drive to the promised land And I'll try to make a stand alone If I die today Meet me in a foreign place unknown Take this golden piece Tell my mom That I didn't make it home There'll be no trophies No honor That's bestowed on me No one Told me to go The battle The battle shall be won, not a draw The soldier's voice is always monotone And the battle should be won, not a draw The battle should be won, not a draw It's not a draw, oh, oh These gods are in all of us. I worship myself before I go. Take these off. <laughs> the end is one step away. I'll find out if it's all fake or wrong. Unleash the prisoners from all. Look across the earth, the towers shall fall. The battle should be won, not a draw. The battle should be won, not a draw. The soldier's voice is always monotone. And the battle should be won, not a draw. 
The battle should be won, not a draw. It's not a draw. Oh. Looking through the smoky glass, how did it all go so fast? That's wrong. Something's wrong. As I fell down to the earth and blasted into the dirt, that's wrong. Something's wrong. There is no blood on me, no scars. And no more on me, I guess it's not my time no more. The battle should be won, not a draw. The battle should be won, not a draw. The soldier's voice is always monotone. And the battle should be won, not a draw. The battle should be won, not a draw, it's not a draw. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Phipps in the promised land. Jeremy, is that, uh, is that Jeremy Phipps or is that St. Bell? Yeah, that's St. Bell. That's St. Bell. Yeah, I apologize about the headphone That's thing. okay. <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty tough to sit there and just start playing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, everyone's it's just really sitting at a little <laughs> tiny table, and everyone's looking at you, and suddenly you got to. Especially yeah. when you're used to being behind a trombone, I would think it's a whole different world. Oh yeah, it's a whole different world. Yeah, because you're kind of hiding behind a trombone in a sense. You're like you've got this thing in front yeah. of you. Did it, you it's understand over. my struggle? <laughs> you live in my life right it's now. Not, easy, <laughs> uh, not an easy instrument to play either. Not at all an easy instrument. Trombone. Yeah, I would love listening to it because it just seems like the most effort-filled, but yet the easiest, most slidingest sound that's yeah. going on. You know, I mean, I've kind of got bored with it, but it's, it's good to hear somebody else. <laughs> either, the, either the songs we heard had any any brass. There's nothing in there, right? Yeah, well, I mean, well, there's other songs with a lot of brass and stuff, but I mean, those two particular songs didn't have any. Yeah, but yeah. what's it like when you, when you have to you, you pour yourself into that trombone when you're playing it, and it's that's that's you and the trombone and now there's just nothing it's just you standing there yeah being the actual difference is like for me like i didn't feel like i was pouring myself on a trombone i feel like it was just like i don't know it it never got serious to me it was always just like oh you know i play because i mean i was a trumpet player before that then like i played a little i played a little bit of everything so like once i stuck to trombone it was just like uh you know but i mean I like, I mean, my biggest, my biggest thing is like songwriting. That's what, that's what I like, that's what I love to do. So like everything else is just tool. The voice is just a tool. The guitar is just a tool. The trombone is just a tool. So like, that's the way I look at music. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, it's good. It's a whole trans, it's a transformation of you out from behind the trombone and leading that band, the outsiders to this whole St. Bell project. It's exciting. Yeah. What's I mean, the plan from here then? Are you going on the road with it? Just yeah, the two of you, um, you, you and Nassim, you on drums? Yeah. As of right now, I mean, I plan on expanding it as time goes on. I mean, I want to like expand it to where it's like a huge production with like orchestra strings and like, you know, that's just fantasies though. I mean, like in a, in a few, in a, in a future, <laughs> what's it, what's that like in a concert environment where you just the two of you trying to create so many sounds at once? Well, um, it's like 
it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's a whole lot of pressure because right. I mean, like when it's just me, because I'm usually playing keyboard. That's okay. like the that's the main thing that I play at, on at the shows. But is any of it pre-recorded? No, so not at all. all live. So are you yeah. like yeah. bit of it's live. Do you have like is there an instrument like kind of at each no. position of the clock? <laughs> <laughs> you you would be surprised with a with a keyboard. Just and keyboard. I don't even have okay. a um, and I don't have a full drum set neither. It's like it's a floor tom and it's a snare drum. <laughs> It sounded like she just had like a marching band. We need yeah. to come check I mean, that out. So you're playing all over the country or just all around town? or what's Well, the- as of right now, all around town. I mean, tomorrow night I play at um, the Always Lounge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for, yeah. yeah. From the, for like There's nine a o'clock. Cabaret of actors playing there next Monday. All right. Yeah. So how long are you? Here? <laughs> yeah, always. Tony, how long are you here for in New Orleans now? Uh, till the fifteenth of April. And then you're on the road with the show. Yeah, Keep I'm gonna moving. go. Yeah, Orlando and Miami, and um, and then I'm actually done with the tour in July. So. And then you're back to LA to live? Or are you going to move uh, down here for a while? I'm in back to New York. I usually live in New York just because I've more or less made the personal transi- transition to theater, actually. So I go to New York, and that's where I get other that's jobs. Right. It doesn't necessarily have me in New York, but that's where you audition for a lot of stuff. But I'll be back. I'll be back. Stacy Hoover is living here now, so time that, will tell. That drags you back? Yeah. Okay, that's another episode. Um, Brian, yeah. tell us briefly in the remaining moment here, what's the situation, the state of local theater and your part in it? Oh, I think it's in a state of um, shift or... Uh, shift. Yeah, it's, 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 it's shifting. Things are... Um, I live downtown and in the last year we've lost three major venues. Right, the Le Petit went, Le Petit, Chat Noir went, Chat Noir, and, and the Southern, Southern Rep, Rep now is gone. So yeah. that's three major theaters are gone. That have been here for a long time. Now, mm-hmm. now, the Le Petit Theater is still there. And I, who's got it? The Brennan family? Some, one of the Brennans it? bought it and you yeah. turned it half of it And they were going to turn the small theater into the restaurant side and keep the large theater to run shows in. Are you working on it's a show right now? Are you, I are am, you writing or I am not preparing? Per- well, I have some dates with Running With Scissors in June. Um, we're going to work on that here probably in the next month. I've started doing some stuff with a company called Lightwire Theater here that does a lot of um, large puppetry that you you wear it, and it's Light all wire. yeah, and it's all uh, covered in this luminescent wire, and it's all done in the dark. Wow! So Are these the guys the, you the see puppet- in parades. Um, these guys, they, they have a show called Darwin the Dinosaur that they've done here. They did it at the CAC. They've actually been touring the world with that show. They're going to. Um, Somewhere, like uh, either Japan or somewhere, I think, here shortly. They've got another show, The Ugly Duckling, that's been touring Russia and Canada and all kinds of stuff. And it's really beautiful. Guys from here? Yes, yeah. A guy named Ian Carney and his wife, Eleanor. Ian danced on Broadway. He was in um, Pal Joey. Hmm. No, not Pal Joey. What's the other one? Shoot, I just met Ian. I'm so sorry. Pajama Game? No, it's not Pajama Game. It was, um, anyway, he and his wife and another friend of theirs, Corbin, they started this puppetry stuff they there's a just ton of experimental it. theater here in the best way and yeah this yeah. and they, they've toured the world with it and i got a chance to go and experience a thing with them in st louis and i performed here with them and it was wild i mean you're covered you're head to toe covered in black and it's all um you're, each puppet is independently wired so you're in control of the power and the Everything on each puppet, it's not all wired to a system where somebody else is controlling mm. it. And yeah. 
Well, how interesting! It's, it's called Lightwire, so we can look for that. We Light have we have it. links to the stuff on our on our site then that that you're doing and okay. the Jeremy that you're doing. And so thank you guys all for joining us, Brian Peterson, thank you, Jeremy Phipps, otherwise known as Saint Bell, and Tony Crane here for Lion King, and we'll see you, you back. Yeah, again yeah, soon. Great to be back. Thank you guys, for thank you so us. much for joining us. Our show is recorded here live at the Columns Hotel. The producer of our show is Melinda Hawes, Karun Davidian, Trish Kaufman, and Graham DePonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Our music director is Christian Unruh. Our web designer and link to the real world is Cliff Brigden. Our theme song is written and being played currently by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and can stay sober for about 60 minutes, drop us a line at itsneworleans at gmail.com. The show is recorded live at the Columns Hotel here in New Orleans. You can check out our other happy hour shows. And our other shows are on itsneworleans.com, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic, and True to the Game with Chris True and Tammy Nelson. You can keep up with us by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Mitch Foreman on piano, I'm Grant Morris. Until next time we meet on Happy Hour. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.